when were the... What schools... Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. (sighs) Chicago. Yippee. That's how Virginia native Liz Hansen felt when she and her family moved to Evanston about four years ago. Liz is a beach person. She grew up going to sandy ocean beaches on the East Coast. And in her mind, Chicago was just a big concrete jungle on a lake. Nonetheless, the day they moved in, she took her two young daughters for a stroll near the Lake Michigan shoreline and... Literally probably a quarter mile from our apartment and there's this gorgeous beach with sand. I came back and I was like, I'm going to like this place. I'm so glad we moved here. We've got a beach. I can't believe it. But she couldn't shake a feeling. Like, something was too good to be true. So she asked us. Is all the sand on the Chicago beaches native to the area? Or is some of it imported in? I'm reporter Laura Pavin. And if you grew up in the area like I did, you probably haven't thought very much about beach sand. But the sand at Inland Lakes tends to be rough. So maybe we shouldn't take our smooth, soft Chicago-area beach sands for granted. Come to think of it, after learning where our sand comes from and just what it takes to keep it on our resort-like beaches, I'll tell you right now, we definitely should not take it for granted. Let's start with Liz's theory. Do they ship the sand in? Turns out, the sand is native, with some of it coming right from the lake, depending on where you are. But Lake Michigan beaches are not entirely natural. To learn more... Liz and I head to Northfield and meet coastal geologist Dr. Charlie Shabika. Hi, I'm Liz. Liz? Liz? The one who asked the question. Shabika engineers private beaches along the North Shore, and he's a coastal consultant for cities. Actually, the entire Chicago Lakeshore is all engineered in some way or another. Cool. I did not know that. Here's some coastal geology 101, so you can understand what Shabika means by engineering. If you could zoom out on a map of Lake Michigan and watch sand move naturally, you'd see sand moving south along the Wisconsin shoreline, along Illinois, and to the dunes in Indiana. In this natural scenario, the sand doesn't stay put. Except for maybe Illinois Beach State Park in Zion, there wouldn't really be any natural beaches with soft sand. Shabika knows a spot where you can see this natural-looking Lake Michigan shoreline. It's on the south side of Highland Park. He takes me and Liz down a steep set of steps behind a private home. The area is lined with clay bluffs and a ravine. It's the lakeside, but it's not beachy in the sense that there's not a big strip of nice sand where you can walk. There are a lot of trees falling down, um, a lot of tree roots. There's just this thin strip of sand, gravel, and cobbles, which Shabika says the lake eroded out of the bluff. That would be what 90% of the Illinois North Shore looked like before human beings came along. Chicago shoreline was marshy, but from Evanston up to about Lake Forest, you've got these eroding bluffs and, for the most part, thin cobbly beaches. Things changed in the 19th century, though. Chicago and North Shore towns built structures from stone, concrete, or metal to protect harbors and the shoreline from erosion. Those structures also trapped sand, which eventually created wide, sandy beaches. 
Shabika can show us how this works. He takes us to a tiny beach in Winneka, where contractors are dropping boulders in the water to keep the sand in place. And it looks like a smaller version of the beaches you'd see in Evanston and Wilmette, Liz's favorite. And as we look out, there's a nice sandy area. And then there's kind of a, a rock jetty that goes out into the lake. Breakwater. A breakwater. Yeah. There's no tree branches, no cobbles, no gravel, just a wide stretch of sand. In the old days, sand would just appear after the breakwater was finished. These days, we bring it in. So when we're done there, we're going to put, I don't know, three or 4,000 tons of sand on that beach. And that sand will all come from somewhere else in the state yes. of Illinois. Yeah. We've got inland sand pits in Antioch, Waukegan, Milwaukee, and other places pretty close to Lake Michigan. We drop sand along the shore to create new beaches and fill them up when the beaches erode. Shabika says we've got plenty of this nice glacial sand, thousands of years worth of it. Okay, so we're all good then, right? We can all pack up and go home? Well, nope. All the beaches we've built and the harbors and homes we've protected have trapped sand and slowed down that natural migration of sand through the lake. So now we're in a sand-starved system. Beaches erode, and now they don't fill up again with new sand. And because the lake level is high now, there's even more erosion, which means communities have to spend more and more money bringing in inland sand to refill their beaches. Take Lake Bluff, a village of less than 6,000 people. They spend ten dollars to $15,000 every year to replenish their sand. So it's just getting too expensive for some places. But Ethan Tierkoff, a state coastal geologist with the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, says the high lake levels have a plus side. It seems like when you have these high lake levels, it becomes timely, and we talk about these issues because erosion is right at the shoreline, and we're, we're experiencing it. And then, like, the memory kind of lapses. Tierkoff says there's a new coalition of state agencies, environmental groups, and lakefront communities that's trying to solve sand management issues. So I think, like, we've been kind of just addressing the problems like in a Band-Aid kind of approach, but we're at the point now where we can be more sustainable about a solution. That's what's different than what's been done before. The coalition's taking small steps first, and it's starting by getting information. If you see helicopters flying above the Lake Michigan shoreline, one of them might just be full of scientists, taking an inventory of where beach sand is and where it moves. Well, scientists, the pressure is on because Liz's ability to live here depends on the beaches. I think the the beaches here are a great treasure. You know, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I tell my husband we can keep living here. (laughs) Reporting for this story comes from me, Laura Pavin. Support for Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Curious City Podcast is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. Since 1988, Goose Island has been inspired by Chicago's constantly evolving culture to create many award-winning beers, including Bourbon County brand Stout, Goose IPA, and Four Star Pills. More at gooseisland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best beer you drink.
next time on Curious City. Many Chicago area grocers still have hand-painted signs advertising specials in their windows. In this age of digital printing, handmade signs apparently bring in the customers. If a car is going down the street 30, 40 miles an hour, what do you want them to see? They want to see milk on $1.99. Grocery signs and the people who paint them. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org slash curious. Thank you.